0: Likutei Sichos, Chelik Habayis, Volume Twenty Two, the first sicha for Parshas VaYikra. This sicha will explain the custom that when a Jewish child is inducted into cheder, into Torah learning, that we begin first by reading with the child several verses from the beginning of Chumash VaYikra, of the Chumash which discusses the korbanis, the offerings, the sacrifices to Hashem. As an introduction, just several things to get familiar with. Number one, toiras koyanim. Typically, in the Midrash and in the Gemara, this Chumash, that is the third book of the Torah, which discusses primarily the offerings, the korbanis, is referred to as toiras koyanim. Literally, the Torah, the teachings of the koyanim, the priests. Perhaps... Maybe this is the source of why in the world at large, secularly, it's known as the Book of Leviticus. Another thing, the word "tahor," which literally translates as clean or pure, it usually in the context of korbanis or of purity of a Jew, is a reference to being ritually pure or even something being kosher versus not kosher Another thing to familiarize ourselves with, we know that the Avais, that the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, the Gemara says that they quote, kula. they fulfilled the entire Torah even prior to its being delivered officially at Har Sinai, at Mount Sinai. Another thing, on Rosh Hashanah, we say several extra blessings in the Musaf prayer. And they are consistent of a group of verses. There's Malchiyos, which speaks about the kingship of Hashem. There are 10 verses. Then there are Zichreinos, remembrances. 10 verses from the Tanakh, which discuss various times which Hashem, quote, remembered us, remembered the Jewish people. And then there is the Psukim of Shoefreis. The, all these Psukim... All these verses have or have or should have a direct connection to Am Yisrael to the Jewish people another thing to familiarize yourself with in the status of a child of a Jewish child there are difference there are different time periods there is when a child is very very young and they're considered to be tinoikis, literally like little children little toddlers almost then there is a stage and when the child is already considered mature enough Although the child is not yet bar mitzvah and fully obligated in fulfilling Torah mitzvahs, yet the child has already a status close to it, as the child was already higi al reached the age of education. Meaning, the child is considered mature enough that the child is expected to perform mitzvahs almost similarly to an adult. Another thing to get familiar with is the concept of yerusha, inheritance. According to Jewish law, in order to inherit something, one doesn't have to be cognitive, one doesn't have to be in a mature state, even a little baby, by virtue of the fact that it's the child of a deceased parent, in this case a father, the child already inherits everything by default, by the fact that it is a child of that parent. Let's get into the Roshikha. So the Medrash says, Omer Ab Yasi, Omer Ab Asi, Rab Asi said, why is it that we begin teaching Tinoikos, little children, in Torah's Kayanim, and we don't start from Chomish Bereshis, right from the beginning of the Torah? He says the reason is because let the Tinoikos who are tohoidim, let the Tinoikos who are pure and come, and, the, and because the Tinoikos are pure, and the Korbanos are tohoidim, the Korbanos are pure, so let the pure ones come and engage in purity in those pure things now the question is what does this exactly mean when we say that the carbon that the offerings are pure there are those meforshim, those commentaries who explain either this means that the korbanos need to be brought in purity that means you in order to offer a carbon you have to be in a pure state or perhaps it could mean that through the korbanos, by means of offering a carbon one becomes pure one becomes clean from sin but the Rebbe says this is problematic. This is not really what it could mean. Why? Because both of these explanations explain not what the Medrash says. The Medrash doesn't say that the karbonis bring purity, but rather it says the karbonis are pure. So therefore we need to find something deeper. What does this really mean? On the other hand, it's very interesting that the, to say that the word purity Goes directly as a direct indicator of the carbon also seems to be a pro- problematic. In other words, it's not understood by itself because never do we find in the Torah in reference to a carbon that it has to be quote pure. We find a a, a criteria that it has to be uh, it has to be um, uh, cho- a choicy that it has to be clean of any uh, of any mum of any blemish that it has to be shalim, it has to be whole, but not that it has to be toher. So what does it mean? Now perhaps we would be able to explain it this way, that the status, the idea, the concept of toherim relates to the korbanais as they were prior to the giving of the Torah. As we know, the Chazal tell us that prior to the giving of the Torah, if one wanted to bring an offering, one can bring from any offering that one wished to, whether it's a behemoth, whether it's an animal, whether it's a bird, whether it's a wild animal, it didn't even have to have the criteria of being clean from any moon, from any blemish. Rather, it had to just, the only criteria be prior to Matan Toyda was that it had to be toher, it had to be, it had to come from those animals which later would be kosher, which would be kosher animals. Now, what would be the connection to here? What would be the connection, and maybe perhaps we can suggest this is the reason why the Medrash uses this expression in reference to the Korbanes, because children, these little children whom we're talking about, who we're referring to, are also, quote, pure. They're in the state of purity, and they're in the state of being, so to speak, prior to Mat and because they're not yet in the obligation status Of keeping Torah remember they're not yet they have not yet reached the age of quote-unquote Chinuch of education thus perhaps we can say this is the connection that we're referring to the Karbanas as they were prior to Matan Torah because we're dealing with children who are in a sense also prior to Matan Torah now the Rebbe says that this is still problematic because the Medrus clearly states that we teach the children now, what is Torah's koinim? Torah's koinim is part of the Torah. Torah's koinim is where we read verses from the Torah which talk about Karbanis. So why then would be referencing back to Karbanis as they were prior to Matan Torah, as the Rebbe explained, in the state, quote-unquote, of Tahoidim? Now, in the Medrash Tanchuma, after it quotes this very same Medrash, it adds the following. It says, therefore quote, therefore, I consider it for them as if they are standing and offering before me a carbon, says Hashem. This teaches us, says the Medrish, that even though the Bais Amikdash is in a state right now where it is not in existence, it has been destroyed, and there are isn't actually an active carbon that's able to be offered, but if not for the quote the children who greed in the teachings of the Karbanes, the world will not be able to exist. Now, the question is, the Tanchuma itself, right after this, continues and it says, therefore says Hashem to his children, to the Jewish people, if you are occupied, if you are involved in reading the portions about the Karbanes, I will consider it to you as if you're offering a carbon." So from this it comes out, That it's not only the children, when they're occupied in reading the Parsha of the Karbanis, that they, quote, uh, keep the world in existence. But rather that each and every person that studies the Parsha of Karbanis, it's also as if they are offering Karbanis and keeping the world in existence. And if so, the question is, how does this both fit together? How, do we, how does this fit together? Then on the one hand, you say that it's specifically children, it's specifically the children who offer the Karbanis, that they make the world exist, and yet the Medrash itself continues and say, in Tanchuma and, and says that it's also every individual, even an adult. Therefore, says the Rebbe, we must come to the following conclusion, that yes, in general, anybody who reads the kar, uh, about the Karbanis, it's as if they are sustaining the world. However, there is something unique there is a special, so to speak, advantage in the children specifically, when they read the Corbanis, that through them is effective and a, a, a much greater, so to speak, um, a much greater enhanced level of existence of the world. How What does this all mean? In other words, what's so unique about the children? So the Rebbe says, we'll understand this by first prefacing and a, an explanation in the whole idea of noyach which we brought already before and that is in the Pasik in parshas noyach where it says that hashem instructed him to take from all quote mikol from all the kosher animals from all the pure animals the gemara asks whether such a concept of kosher or non-kosher pure or not pure in that time prior to mat and and the gemara answers that it means from, quote, those that will later, after Matan Taita, that is, those that will later be toher, that will later be kosher animals. This means, in other words, that by Noyach, there was a unique contrast. It was almost like something, two, two opposites that came together to play, came to play together. On the one hand, Noyach, when he offered a carbon he didn't offer it in the status of a mitzvah. Because the war no mitzvahs, not only the Torah wasn't yet given, but we don't find anywhere that Noyach should be like the Avais, like the patriarchs, who actually fulfilled the entire Torah even prior to its giving, quote-unquote. Rather, he brought it, he offered the Karbanes as an individual, as anybody offered it prior to Matan Torah. So that's on the one hand. But on the other hand, meaning no connection to the Matan Torah, no connection whatsoever, not even in the state of fulfillment as the others. Yet on the other hand, what you find is that Noyach specifically offered korbanes, which would later, after the Torah is given, which would later be kosher, so when this comes out, that what? That Noach had some connection. Noach had some connection to the status, to the concept of Torah, even prior to it being offered. And therefore, he had a knowledge and he had a connection through his deeds, through his actions, to that which will be after Matan Torah. And since we find the connection of Noach to Matan Torah, even before Matan Torah, but in, in connection to What? In the correlation with what? With the concept of karbonis. Therefore, this leads us to say that this leads us to the conclusion that the concept of karbonis has a, plays a role and has a status and had a value, so to speak, even before to the Torah being given. Because that's where we find his connection expressed. The connection of noach to matan Torah is expressed by the virtue of him offering the karban. What is the explanation? What does this mean? You see, even the karbonis, even the offerings that are offered after Matin and teler, which of, of course, after Matin and teler, they assume, assume the status of a mitzvah. It's one of the many mitzvahs in the Torah. Yet, their effect, meaning the accomplishment, the effect of a karbon is greater than the toida and mitzvahs itself. Which explains why when a yid, even if a yid <statut> has <pee-ishos> committed a sin, by offering a karbon, the, the Jew is able to atone for the sin. So that shows that the Karban, even after Matan Torah, is higher than the Torah and Mitzvahs itself. Or perhaps in, 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 a, in, a, to, in a different way of expressing this, the Karbanas bring to a person so close to Hashem, that it reveals that essential bond that's there, that exists between a yid and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a yid and Hashem, that this is the reason why it's able to even atone for the lack of fulfillment or perhaps a transgression of Torah and Mitzvahs. According to this, we'll get a better understanding in the concept of karbanis in general. Because on the one hand, you can really ask, what is really this whole idea of offering a karbon? If you think about it, you're doing a physical act of offering, of slaughtering, and offering the blood of a behemoth, and perhaps, and this this serves as a means of tshuva. This serves as a means of atonement for a sin that was committed, or for the lack of fulfillment of a mitzvah. Now it wouldn't seem to make sense because it would make more sense perhaps if one was required to do tshuva, to do meditation, to do contemplation. In other words, to use their mind, to use their thoughts, to use their heart. Perhaps that could be a means, an agent of atonement. How is it that this, is, this simple physical act serves as an atonement? But based on what we explained before, that specifically because of the korban. Becomes express this essential connection that goes beyond any whatsoever um, expression, even the expression of Torah mitzvahs. That comes out specifically through the carbon, and this helps us will help us understand how the carbon of Noach has a connection to the carbonist that's after Matan Torah. You see, in the in the davening of Rosh Hashanah, we one of the verses where we we which we say to evoke Hashem's memory of us. Is we bring the verse which was at the end of the marble where it says is that hashem remembered noyach and all the people that were there with him in the table what was this all about and why do we bring it on rosh Hashanah what is the connection to us hashem remembered noyach it doesn't say hashem remembered b'nei Yisrael, but the answer is that this is because why did hashem remember noyach this is because of the b'nei Yisrael that was supposed to descend later was supposed to come later from Noyach and his family, and had Hashem not remembered Noyach and not saved them, then we wouldn't be here. In other words, the reason why we're saying it, Rosh Hashanah, what we're saying is that Hashem remembered Noyach back then because of the essential connection between us and Hashem, which was then at that time included in Noyach and his family because they were, so to speak, the seed for it, They were remembered because of us, because of us even prior to us having the quote-unquote value, the status of importance as a result of the Torah and mitzvahs. So from this it comes out that even though Noyach was there before Matan Torah and before the Avais who already connected themselves to Matan Torah by virtue of their observance of the Torah. Still, there's already a connection to Am Yisrael, and now we can better understand why the Korbanis that that come in in connection to this remembrance of Noyach, that Hashem saved Noyach, and then he came out of the Teva and he offered the Korbanis, how that connects. To Bnei Yisrael. and this is the explanation why the Medrash uses the expression, the term the mm-hmm. ha- that the Karbonis is a pure. This is to emphasize that the Karbanis which we offer today during the times of the Beis Mikdash, or which we read about today when we read the Parsha A even though they come already post Matan Torah and they already have a status of a mitzvah, and and therefore you don't see in a revealed state, you don't see how the Karbanis Karbanish really express that essential connection between HaKadosh Baruch and Am Yisrael still what we're saying is that they have deep down they have this myla, they have the advantage of the carbonus of Noyach which came before Matan Torah which expresses very clearly and very obviously that essential connection that inherent connection that's there between HaKadosh Baruch and Amisol. Yisrael and now we can better appreciate why it is that we start to learn this with children, why we start to talk about korbanis, now that we explain the, how it connects to noyach, and it expresses the essential connection, now we can better appreciate it. You see, these three time periods that the Rebbe says, that is, matan taita and then the avos, which although was prior to matan taita uh, still, it had a very strong connection to matan and then the third time period, which is Noyach, which comes even before of any whatsoever connection to matan Torah, this parallels to the three time periods in a person's life. You have a period of time where a person is very obviously connected to Torah mitzvahs, and that is post bar bas mitzvah. Then you have the time period prior to that, which is parallel, perhaps, to the time period of the Avais, which are not fully obligated, yet there is already a status of Torah mitzvahs, namely when Higiyu chinuch, when you reach the age of maturity, the age that you can be expected to already comprehend and appreciate Torah mitzvahs, thus one is obligated, according to Halacha, to perform mitzvahs to a certain extent. Then there is a third time period, which is very parallel to the time of Noyach, which seems to be void... Devoid of any whatsoever obligation of Torah and mitzvahs, that is when a child is still yet a very, very young child, just barely able to speak, or just about able to speak, and they don't really have any whatsoever capacity of comprehension and maturity, and therefore they're not obligated to mitzvahs. And this we see, actually, where it's really even more expressed, the fact that although there is not an active connection, an active role that the child plays in Torah Mitzvahs, because like we said, they're not even mature enough to be in the status of Chinuch, to parallel that time period of the Abbas, but still, what do we learn? What does the Torah tell us? that the inherent connection of Torah mitzvah Mitzvahs to every single Jew is Mirasha means a Yerusha, it's an inheritance. And as we said in the introduction, inheritance is something which you don't need to have any cognitive or mature capacity in order to inherit. It comes automatic. This expresses that essential connection between every single Yid and Hashem. And since a little child, there's no distinguishable connection to Torah. The only connection to Torah is, like we said, this inheritance, this essential connection that there is between Hashem and and, and the Eden. Therefore, it parallels to that. Therefore, they connected the carbon to that time period, which is in the time of Noyach. And now we can understand what the Medrash means when it says, let the Tahirim come, let the pure ones come. Those that, quote, didn't even taste the taste of sin, meaning they're so pure, they're so innocent, and let them engage in Tahidim, in the purity, in the Korbanis, that i quote, from before Matan Torah And now, we can understand and appreciate that qu- the, and, and answer the question that we asked in the Tanchuma. We can appreciate the difference between the reading of Korbanis, between adults and little tiny children. You see, when an adult reads a kar- about the Korbanis, by virtue of the fact that he's an adult, once they're reading, they're understanding. There's a certain um, cognitive uh, cognitive involvement. And once they're understand- understanding, so their mind, their intellect, and their heart, their emotions are already involved. So they're already, it, it, it operates on a certain limitation, depending on the person, depending on their capacity, depending on their greatness. So it already lacks that true purity, that true innocence. And especially there's no action here because it's merely... It it becomes translated not just into merely recital of words, but it becomes translated into emotions, into thoughts, into contemplation. Whereas when a child reads these psukim, when you begin reading with a child, these psukim are just read. They're just repeated, which is pure action. And like we said, although the action seems to be less than, but the action of the Korban brings out the depth of it, the essential connection that there is between Ayid and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and this triggers that the revelation of it, that Hashem reveals this essential connection between Ayid and the Abishter.